Well, if you're hypertensive, it will help bring your blood pressure down. You will also see it will help bring your, your fasting blood glucose down. It will increase your, your, your cognition. Because when you're opening up that circulation, microcirculation, you're actually allowing more of these cells to get what they need. So nitrates by increasing BH4, these BH4 is also a cofactor in making your serotonin, your dopamine, your norepinephrine, your epinephrine. So you're increasing these neurotransmitters. What if I told you that there's a molecule that can help your blood pressure immune system, metabolism, sleep, and cognition, and much more. Today, nutritionist and pharmacist Beth Shirley is here to talk about nitric oxide, or NO. It's an amazing molecule that can have profound effects on your health. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of disease and wellness. And one of those root causes for both disease and wellness is imbalance in the nitric oxide pathways. Beth, as I mentioned, is a registered pharmacist and certified clinical nutritionist who specializes in stress-induced hormonal imbalance, intestinal dysfunction, and autoimmune and chronic inflammatory issues. Beth has worked in close collaboration with some of the world's thought leaders in the field of nitric oxide research. Through this, she has developed an in-depth knowledge on the topic and its potential beneficial application in multiple aspects of patient care. If you want to learn more about how nitric oxide can help your overall health, from your blood pressure, immune system, sleep, and much more, stay tuned for this conversation. All right, well, thank you so much, Beth, for coming on today, and um, we're so excited to have you. Well, thanks for having me. We're gonna have some fun. Yes, yes, we'll have some fun digging into saying yes to no, you know, nitric oxide, NO. Let's talk about what nitric oxide is first, uh, kind of some basic definitions and then why is it so important for our health? Well, nitric oxide is a gas. It's a molecule of nitrogen, a molecule of oxygen. And it governs circulation and microcirculation, which is essential for all healing to take place. Cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer and that has to do with the deficiency of nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is important in numerous, well, it's important in every single physiological function. Um, the, it's important for blood sugar regulation. Our GLUT4 receptor requires nitric oxide in order to translocate to bring glucose into the cell. It's important for healing stem cells. Stems, nitric oxide is required for stem cell mobilization and differentiation. So stem cells is how our body heals. It sends cells to different places and, and the stem cells figure out what they need to do, but nitric oxide is required for that. Nitric oxide is required for mitochondrial biogenesis, for growth of new mitochondria. It's required for mitochondrial function and the metabolization of like to, to make your energy, to metabolize your hormones. This is where cholesterol starts getting um, 
changed into pregnenolone. So nitric oxide is required in any kind of sexual function in men or women. We, we all know about those PD5 inhibitors, the Viagra, the Cialis. Well, those actually require nitric oxide in order to work. That's why they don't work in about 50% of the people. You've got to have the nitric oxide there in order for them to work. Nitric oxide is essential for telomerase. So this, is, this has everything to do with the longevity of the cell. So there's, there's just basically not one function in the body that nitric oxide does not touch. It's the base of everything. Yeah, well, it makes sense because, you know, nitric oxide really governs, like you said, circulation and microcirculation. And, and of course, you need blood vessels, blood flow to get to all the organs, all the tissues, all the cells. Then, then it would obviously get to all the different, you know, parts of the system and really influence the health of the whole system. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to unpack there. Number one, you said nitric oxide is a gas. I know that when people go to the dentist, sometimes they get they get nitrous oxide. Is that correct? Let's talk about the right. difference between nitric oxide and nitrous oxide first. Well, nitric oxide is NO. Nitrous, nitrous oxide is N2O. So they aren't the same at all. And they don't do the same things in the body at all. Right. So not not, not the laughing same. gas, not laughing yeah, gas. Yeah, not the same. Laughing is good for your health, but uh, from a perspective of it, the circulation, definitely. right? Definitely. <laughs> and then and then I think we had a question about the three types of nitric oxide. There's different types of nitric oxide. Can you kind of get into that? Because some are considered more like inflammatory and others are considered better for your health. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I, I have a whole, there's a new paradigm that's emerging in the nitric okay. oxide research community. And so we'll go there. Okay. Awesome. So we make nitric oxide through two different pathways. One pathway is through the arginine NOS nitric oxide synthase pathway. So this oxidizes the arginine through that NOS enzyme to make nitric oxide. And then we have the nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway, where we consume the nitrates, they get absorbed, they circulate around, and they get concentrated in the salivary glands. The salivary glands release the nitrate, and we've got good anaerobic bacteria on our, on our tongue that will reduce that nitrate to nitrite. So we swallow the nitrite, and in the acidic environment of the stomach, some of that nitrite gets reduced further to nitric oxide. And here is your protection against H. pylori, E. coli. This is your protection against some of these pathogenic bacteria. Nitric oxide. Yes. How does it help uh, with those bacteria? Um... Because nitric oxide is antiviral, mm. antibacterial, anti antimicrobial, antifungal. I love how the body generates its own antimicrobial peptides. We know that, you know, vitamin right. D is an antimicrobial peptide and it also stimulates other antimicrobial peptides. And then now we're learning that nitric oxide and of course stomach acid itself is also antimicrobial. So the body has so many different innate immune, you know, almost like innate immune system components. Well, that stomach the stomach acid is actually what's donating 
that proton to the nitrite to make nitric oxide. So it's the acidic environment of the stomach that's doing that metabolism. So let's go back up to the first part of the gut, the oral cavity, and then we'll go down to the stomach for a second. So if someone takes mouthwash, it's antibacterial, maybe a Listerine or, you know, I would just say something right. that's very broad spectrum and it kills off a bunch of bacteria or, or viruses. I mean, I know some people are using Listerine, for instance, as an antiviral as well or a, a, a possible antiviral treatment. But in any case, if the bacteria killed off there in the oral microbiome, does that mean that, that the NO pathway gets disrupted? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The mouthwash... Um, fluoride toothpaste. Fluoride is an antimicrobial. Uh, the whitening toothpaste with the hydrogen peroxide is antimicrobial. Anything that disturbs your oral microbiome can disturb that nitrate to nitrite production. In fact, there's been a study using like a, like a antibacterial mouthwash and within seven days of using it, blood pressures go up. And there's many studies actually showing that a disturbed oral microbiome increases cardiovascular disease. Mm. What, what do you think about sort of conventional mouthwashes versus herbal mouthwashes? Do you think there's any difference there? Well, anything that can disturb the oral microbiome, you might have a, an issue there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we should yeah. promote the health, the healthy microbiome in the in the mouth. It sounds like more yeah. than more than like a broad spectrum right. taking it away. But the beautiful thing about nitrate supplementation, it actually rebuilds microbiomes in the gut, in the mouth, on the skin, in the urinary tract, in the brain. Everywhere you have a microbiome, nitrates help rebuild that. Oh, that's that's nice. Um, and that, that's it's almost like an, another type of probiotic in a way. It is. Yeah. It's supporting healthy microbiomes, right? So if so, you had a choice between NO supplementation and probiotics, which would you choose? I go to the, <laughs> I go to the nitrate every day. It's the yeah. base. It's the base of everything. By optimizing your circulation and microcirculation, every single other thing you are doing is going to work better. So you said there's two pathways for NO biosynthesis, the arginine pathway, and then the, the dietary, kind of the dietary nitrate pathway, right. correct? Um, right. Now with arginine, is that also through dietary for getting that through protein, breaking it down to amino acids, or is that basically? It is, but most people, they, they understand that arginine can actually feed this pathway. So a lot of nitric oxide supplements on the market are arginine based. However, giving arginine to somebody whose NOS is uncoupled or dysfunctional can actually increase oxidative stress. So this NOS enzyme that takes arginine and makes it into nitric oxide, this gets uncoupled or dysfunctional through numerous ways. Age, by the time we're 40, this pathway only works about 50%. By the time we're 60, it only works about 15%. So this is precisely the reason why cardiovascular disease is the number one killer. Because of the decrease in activity of the NOS enzyme, correct? Right. The nitric right. oxide synthesis. Is there a way to increase but that NOS enzyme activity? Nitrate. Nitrates. 
See, see, but it, it's it's mm. not necessarily a decrease in the enzyme activity. It's a change in the enzyme activity. So instead of this NOS making nitric oxide, it actually makes superoxide when it's uncoupled. A free radical. Yes. Yeah. So that's increasing oxidative stress. Yeah. So the standard American diet, devoid of the nitrate-rich veggies, the essential cofactors and nutrients, this contributes to NOS uncoupling. Let's talk about real quick about the the dietary aspects. So what are those nitrate-rich fruits and vegetables? What, what are your, some of your favorites that you would recommend to your clients? Well, arugula has the highest nitrate concentration without any oxalate issue. But spinach, butter lettuce, celery, bok choy, beets, all of these are high nitrate veggies. I love arugula. Yeah, it, it is a little bitter, but uh, I think when you get used to the taste, and, and I love the fact that, it, like you said, it's low oxalate, so that's, that's a nice right. bonus there. Right. But medications will uncouple this NOS enzyme. Antibiotics, antidepressants, birth control pills, NSAIDs like ibuprofen, uh, PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, these uncouple that NOS enzyme, plus they inhibit that nitrate to nitrate to nitric oxide pathway because of the decrease in stomach acid. So PPIs are inhibiting the production of nitric oxide through both pathways. We're kind of finding through different you know, research, especially in the last seven, eight years, that PPIs might be one of the worst of the meds for the side effect classes, you know, that are, that are there. That's a huge one. Yeah. I've been a, a pharmacist for, you know, many decades. And when these were first put on the market, insurance limited their use to six weeks only. Right. Period. Right. Okay. So they knew the detrimental effects of it from the get go. And now we've got them over the counter. So people have been on them since the 90s for like for almost three decades. I, I love that you're both a pharmacist and a nutritionist, correct? Have you, do you ever use that, uh, that website mitovin.com that looks at PubMed research-based uh, vitamin def deficiencies induced by pharmaceuticals? I, in, in 2002, I actually started a program in our pharmacies, drug nutrition depletion program. Yeah because every single prescription drug is gonna deplete some necessary nutrients. And every prescription that walked out of this pharmacy had actually a little color-coded piece of paper to it describing some of these nutrients that were being depleted by that drug. And, and that's brilliant because, you know, some medications are necessary at times and they can be life-saving at times, but we also need to know what those other biological effects besides the ones that are intended for the for the patient, you know, would be. And, that, and that's, I think, where some of these vitamin medication interaction trackers can come in. So that, that's really a brilliant idea. Well, like birth control pills. Birth control pills deplete vitamin B6. So that's why they go hand in hand with antidepressants. So if somebody felt like that they needed to be on birth control pills, I would get them on like a good activated B complex and then they wouldn't have to go hand in hand with the antidepressants. Right. So they might have PMS, PMDD. They get on the birth right. control, they get more depressed. So then their doctor puts them on an SSRI. 
Yeah. 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 Because the B6 is needed for that that conversion over to uh, yeah. with the serotonin and everything. That's that's so interesting because um, I feel like one of the things in medicine that we you know take a Hippocratic oath to say uh, primum non oseri, which is first do no harm. And of course, you know this as a pharmacist and nutritionist too, is that you know a lot of times there's there's uh, medication chasing. Essentially, you get on one medication, you get a side effect from that, and then you are on another medication to try to quell that that side effect. Yeah, I don't even call them side effects anymore. I just, I call them adverse reactions. These are, these are known reactions to the medication. These aren't side effects. Right, that's right. These are known biological effects of the medication. So PPIs, antidepressants, antibiotics are three of the big classes. Did you say statins as well, or how, how are statins involved with NO? No, no, not, statins don't deplete the NO. Okay. Okay, that's okay. good. That's good at least. Yeah, um, and then uh, let's let's talk about uh, are there are there different types of uh, I think it was different types of nitric oxide synthetase, right? right. There's different types of NOS. Let, let me finish up. Can I finish up like how how it's depleted? Because yes. EMF is huge, and we're swimming in this sea of EMF. In my latest webinar, I talked about how this EMF is increasing superoxide, increasing oxidative stress. Oxidative stress uncouples that, that NOS enzyme, which increases the oxidative stress even more. So we're just swimming in this sea of EMF. So just to, just to recap, I think what you said, just so the listeners understand that. So instead of going from arginine to um, nitric oxide, because NOS gets uncoupled, arginine then becomes superoxide instead. And that's partly from EMFs? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. What um, this is going to be a loaded question, so uh, I I just want to let you know about that. Um, what what level of EMFs have been shown, if if any, in research to be relatively safe or tolerated? In other words, what what amount of EMF actually will not uncouple? There aren't any. So how they do we have live known, in this? Uh, world they have now? known EMFs. Yeah. Are detrimental to us since they were they first were um, put in you know into place the russians are very advanced on this research and the russians were trying to tell the americans back in the 60s how detrimental they were but the americans really didn't want to listen in the 70s they they uh, were trying to figure out a way to communicate with the submarines and stuff with the um you know, it's, it's electromagnetic radiation, this communication that's going on with the submarines. Mm -hmm. And they knew that this caused hypertension and diabetes back in the 60s and 70s. They knew it. They, they buried all of this. They don't want us to know. And each time they up like the G, 2G, 3G, 5G, it's actually increasing this oxidative stress increasing damage. However, supporting that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway will actually help you so you don't get all of those effects like the hypertension, the diabetes, and all of these other things, the cognitive issues that you can get with this. It sounds like there's a confluence of factors that are kind of ganging up on 
NO and NOS to create an oxidative stress. It's the depleted food system, the glyphosate, the glyphosate uncouples yeah. that NOS. So yeah, it's like everything's piling up on top of each other now. Yeah. yeah. Stress uncouples that NOS. Okay, so on. physical stress, but psychological stress too. Yeah. Any any stress. Any stress. Okay. Any stress uncouples that NOS enzyme. So that's why when we are when we're stressed, we get sick, sick easier because it's uncoupling INOS, inducible. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And that we get sick easier. When we're stressed, it uncouples the ENOS, the endothelial NOS. And that's why we see hypertension, increased strokes, increased MIs. Let's go so into the, uh, yeah, let's definitely touch on COVID as well. Um, I know there's a yeah, lot oh, of yeah. research on COVID and NO. So, so let's, let's go with a few of those big topics. Um, you know, we can kind of go in different directions here, but uh, I think the big one that uh, Dr. Mark Houston uh, touched on in, in some of the podcast episodes that we've done is, you know, one of the root causes of hypertension is low NO, essentially. Exactly. Low, low nitric oxide. That's what we think about right. first now in our clinic is low NO. Um, is it just that? But ED... Erectile dysfunction is usually one of the first signs of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. Somebody might not even have high blood pressure yet, but if, but there's all these little blood vessels down there. And if they're not healthy, somebody's not getting erection, you know that they are on the path to cardiovascular disease. Now for women, for their women listeners out there, or, you know, female women listeners, is there a corresponding loss of libido that would potentially signify, hey, maybe there's some low NO there. We need, as women, we need nitric oxide in order to feel down there, to respond. And lubrication is nitric oxide mediated. Hmm. So as women, if we can't feel, if we can't respond and we're not lubricating, do you think we even think about sex? <laughs> Probably, Probably not so much. <laughs> right, uh, right. You know? So for all those guys listening so, out there and women, um, anyone, you know, it's really important for sexual health, it sounds like, on, on, on all sides. Exactly. Exactly. So, so these three NOS enzymes, you've got your NOS1 is neuronal NOS. And this has everything to do with, uh, with your, your um, neuro, neurotransmitters, with, with communicating with nerves. We've got in, inducible NOS, NOS2. This is your defense against pathogens. And this is what gets upregulated when it, you're trying to fight something. And we've got endothelial NOS, NOS3, and this is what basically takes care of all your blood vessels, but also your lymph. Your lymph is lined with endothelial NOS. So even stagnant lymph is a nitric oxide deficiency. That, that's huge because when you think about at the root causes of cancer, right? The cancer in a way, there's many different causes of cancer, but one of the big causes is a buildup of toxins. And we know the lymph system helps to carry those toxins away from, from the body to the elimination organs. So I wonder if there's some deficiency of enos happening in the lymphatic system that is then leading to I'm detox sure issues yeah um, there is but also see by you need 
both of these, the ENOS, the INOS, working together for your immune system to function because you need your, your microcirculation and your circulation open in order to be able to carry the oxygen, glucose, nutrients, and all of your defense molecules to where they need to go. And then just as importantly, you need that circulation, microcirculation open to carry away the debris. So, so you if can you have armed care, forces, we'll call the uh, immune system armed forces, but if there's no roads for them to go, to right. then it's not going to help. They won't be right. able to help. Yeah, that's a great exactly. Point. That's a great point. Um, so we talked about the arginine pathway and also the dietary nitrate pathway and some of the some of the foods and and um, and and probably are there any beverages that could also help with nitric oxide as well? Well, beet juice. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was going. I was go- I was going there with you know, with that. Um, however. Um, it all depends on the environment that these beets are grown hmm. because beets grown in different environments will have different concentrations of nitrates. But you, you can test whether these vegetables are giving you your, your optimal amount of nitrate with some saliva test strips. Berkeley has a, a saliva test strip that actually tests the nitrite concentration in your saliva, the immediate precursor to nitric oxide. Because like I said, some of the nitric oxide is reduced further to nitric oxide in the stomach, but most of it gets absorbed, travels around to different areas of the body and the body can reduce that nitrite to nitric oxide on an as needed basis, like the myoglobin. When we're exercising, we need increased nutrient delivery and things like that. Myoglobin can reduce nitrite to nitric oxide. Your electron transport chain, when, when it starts being uncoupled and starts making like too much superoxide, they can reduce that nitrite to nitric oxide to recouple that electron transport chain and decrease the oxidative stress. Is that also NOS that's doing that reduction or, or something else there? No, it's not. No, this is the this is the, different, the okay. nitrite to nitric oxide pathway. Yeah. However, nitrate supplementation can help recouple that NOS. So nitrate increases the production of a molecule called tetrahydrobiopterin, BH4. BH4 is a molecule that keeps the NOS coupled. And when I say coupled, it's because the NOS enzyme is a dimer. It's, it's two molecules coming together. And BH4 is the cofactor that keeps them coupled. And nitrates increase the production of BH4. So when it's uncoupled, it do, it's not a dimer anymore. It sounds like we all need to eat more green leafy vegetables, right? Because the dietary nitrates, it, you know, they, they, they're the methyl donors coming in there from the from the foods. Um, that helps keep the BH4 going, which sounds like keeps the dimers open for the uh, yeah. what you just said there. Yeah. Um, so so there's there's blood pressure issues. And, and do you find uh, clinically if people have higher levels of nitrate? 
nitric oxide, what benefits are people having? What are they experiencing? Uh, is, it, is it like blood flow issues, circulation, decreased blood pressure? What, what are people kind of noticing when they have lower, when they have higher levels of nitric oxide rather? Well, if you're hypertensive, it will help bring your blood pressure down. You will also see it will help bring your, your fasting blood glucose down. It will increase your, your, your cognition. Because when you're opening up that circulation, microcirculation, you're actually allowing more of these cells to get what they need. So nitrates by increasing BH4, these BH4 is also a cofactor in making your serotonin, your dopamine, your norepinephrine, your epinephrine. So you're increasing these neurotransmitters. But many like hypertension usually precedes dementia and cognitive decline by 10, 20 years. So if you can prevent that cognitive decline, I mean, this is one of the things most people are afraid of. Right. right? Is, is losing their ability to think. And you're essentially going to, again, increase that blood flow to the critical organs, in this case, the brain, so that there's more neuronal um, survival, you know, more synaptogenesis, meaning more connections between the brain cells. Well, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, is actually nitric oxide mediated. Yeah. So you devoid, if you don't have enough nitric oxide, you're not making your BDNF. And you're not increasing, like, you're not rebuilding these neurons. You're not actively in neurogenesis. So, so let's talk about other ways to increase BDNF and also nitric oxide. Let's let's t definitely touch on exercise or like I, I like to call it movement. How how important is movement or exercise um, to help, help you know keep that nitric oxide level up? It's critical. Lack of exercise decreases your your ability to make nitric oxide through that NOS enzyme. So that's one of the factors to uncoupling that that enzyme we need to move every single day is critical um what is your recommendation for how much exercise that people should be getting to help with that no pathway well everybody's different but even if you can get out and walk every single day sunshine sunshine will actually um help us down that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway in our skin. I love that, especially, you know, everyone loves healthy skin. Um, is it going to help with the, with the skin, like skin conditions or just kind of keep your skin healthy or what? Well, it, it all depends on, on what it is. But um, Berkeley now is, they have available a nitric oxide serum. So this nitric oxide serum, you, it's got like, it's a dual chamber product. One side is nitrite, the other side is vitamin C. So you put one pump on your hand, you, you rub it together. And then when you put it on your face, you, it's actually making nitric oxide gas. This is actually bringing your circulation up to, you know, the skin, feeding these cells 
Vitamin C helps make your collagen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this helps keep your skin, you know, healthy, which is what, you know, we all like. Yes, yes. A, a very big interest in that for sure. Um, you mentioned that that nitric oxide or taking nitric oxide supplements or dietary nitrates would, would help with with diabetes and blood sugar. Can you kind of go a little bit more into the mechanism behind how NO helps improve our metabolic health? It increases that uh, it the GLUT4 receptor requires nitric oxide in order to bring glucose into the cell. When you're when your blood glucose starts increasing, this increases oxidative stress. This oxidative stress uncouples that NOS, which increases oxidative stress even more, puts you on this bad, vicious cycle. Hemoglobin A1C, it binds with nitric oxide really tightly, won't let it go. So the higher your hemoglobin A1C goes, the lower your nitric oxide bioavailability. So when you've got blood sugar dysregulation, diabetes, what, what gets you in the end is your cardiovascular mm -hmm. issue. Right. Okay. It's this deficiency of nitric oxide. As a nutritionist, what would you like the A1C to be, right? We know there's conventional ranges, less than 5.7 is considered good, but optimally, what is your range that you would say, hey, this is a level at which I'm going to protect my nitric oxide, I'm going to reduce oxidative stress, my blood sugar is lower, my insulin sensitivity is higher? Um, 5 to 5.2. Yeah, yeah. And and I I can definitely say just by looking at a bunch of labs, you know, we know that 80% of 88% of the population has metabolic syndrome based on the North Carolina study. There's not, there's not a lot of wiggle room there, so to speak. You know, most people do have metabolic syndrome and I wonder how much of that is nitric oxide mediated. It, well, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Now, now let's talk about what you had said in the first part of this uh, podcast, which is that nitric oxide synthetase, uh, uh, I think you said, uh, basically the, uh, the, the levels, I believe, go down over time. Is that is that accurate? The function. The function. The, fun the function, okay. Right. So the function, instead of going from arginine to NO, it's going from arginine to superoxide. Superoxide. So, um, so is there a way to slow down that, that almost like that aging process, essentially, because that's kind of what it is? Exactly. Yeah. By keeping, like, keeping your nitric oxide levels optimal. And that's going to keep that NOS functionality better. Essentially. Right. So if someone started keeping their nitric oxide levels higher in their 20s or 30s, which is when it starts to fall, that in theory would be really preventative for their health, for, for their whole life. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. And is it yeah. too late to start if they're, you know, people are older than that? It's never too late. Yeah. Love it's that answer, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, as women can hold on to our ability to make nitric oxide a little better to, than men until we hit menopause. Hmm. Because these hormones, particular estrogen, actually stimulates this NOS enzyme. But once we reach menopause, uh, the, you know, it kind of evens out. So hormones um, help keep us young, but it's directly related to your nitric oxide production. 
Would that circulation microcirculation mm. is at the core? Yeah, and and you've mentioned circulation and microcirculation a couple of times. So just for the listeners, let's differentiate that. What is what do you define as circulation, and then what do you define well, that, as microcirculation? Okay, the circulation that's your your big arteries, your big um, um, blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Microcirculation. This is where all the action takes place. This is where the exchange of the oxygen, glucose, nutrients take place. So the these little microcirculation cells can't be more than two cells away from a cap microcapillary. So if they're more than two cells away, or that microcapillary isn't functioning like we're seeing in post viral post jab, we've got little like tiny blood clots in these microcirculation, you're going to have cells that are dying. You're going to have cells that aren't functioning. So it's almost like the rivers get all the press, the carotid artery, the coronary arteries, but then the tributaries are the ones that actually deliver that that nutrients, that water, so to speak, circulation to the soil, i.e. the cells. Like you said, almost every cell has to have a tributary right next to it right. in order to right. survive, right, to get those nutrients in to get the oxygen delivered to get the immune cells like to support them and all that stuff so well the 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 red blood cell requires nitric oxide connected to this hemoglobin molecule in order to release the oxygen you could be super saturated with oxygen and if you didn't have enough nitric oxide even though that red blood cell is going down through that that microcapillary if there's not a nitric oxide attached to it it can't deliver that oxygen yeah. And all sorts of bad things happen when hypoxia starts. So it's just to paraphrase that when someone has like doing more deep breathing, like if you've heard of Wim Hof breathing or you're just like hyperventilating or even like hyperbaric oxygen, that alone wouldn't be enough if you didn't have high enough nitric oxide. Is that correct? Nitric oxide. Yeah, right. yeah. It's so amazing in functional medicine and functional nutrition and basically root cause medicine, how all these different pieces are put together so beautifully, you know, for us, we'd have to just realize that they're put together that way and connect the dots here, which is what you're doing so beautifully. So thank you so much for for all this. Let's talk about one about our immune system now. Let's do that. Oh, we're getting the juicy parts now. Juicy parts. So, so, you know, we're in the COVID-19 pandemic. Hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. We're plus two years into this now. We really have to talk about ways to strengthen our own terrain. The virus is not going away. Vaccines are likely here to stay, is what I read on the news today. You know, there's going to be like probably yearly vaccines as a potential recommendation, or at least, you know, I'm not I'm not saying what my opinion is on that here. I'm just saying that likely there's going to be some some immune challenges as we keep on going down the line here post COVID. So let's talk about ways we can optimize our own immune system uh, using nitric oxide or any other topics you want to talk about, because I think that's that's actually really important. Um, but let's talk about NO first and how to how to improve your immune system with that. Well, all of the comorbid conditions and coming down with this virus are nitric oxide deficient states. Can you repeat H- that again? That's so, so important. That's so important. All, every single one of the comorbid conditions of even contracting the virus are nitric oxide deficient states. Age, hypertension, diabetes. The three, these are the three main conditions. 
that predispose you to getting this. This virus, the spike protein, makes your nitric oxide um, deficiency state even more. So this, this spike protein, what it's doing is attacking the hemoglobin. And it's oxidizing the iron in the hemoglobin from the ferrous iron, the Fe2+, to ferric iron, which is Fe3+. It can't carry oxygen. So our nitri what nitric oxide we do have is trying to help us. It can scavenge that Fe3+, but then we don't have it available to keep our blood vessels open, to keep the platelets from coming together and making a clot. So this is happening with both the virus and the shots because of the spike protein. They are making the nitric oxide status worse. So by optimizing your nitric oxide through this nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway, not only are you helping your body prevent getting sick, if you get it, you can help your body recover better, faster. Same with the shots. I've got many, many patients now that felt like they had to get the shots for their job or something. And they're having issues now. They're having headaches and you know, even blood clots and things like that. So by supporting that nitrate to nitrate, nitrite to nitric oxide pathway, you can prevent these adverse reactions. You can recover better. Let's go through some mechanisms too. I think this is really important for the listeners. We talk about you know SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 virus, et cetera, and there's the invasion of the spike protein, you know, uh, kind of hijacking the ACE2 receptor. That's Right, and nitric oxide downregulates that. Yeah, yeah. Nitric oxide downregulates the ability of the virus to get into the cell. Which is huge, which is huge. It's, it's gigantic. They, they've, they've done studies, even back in 2005, when the original SARS came up, they were using nitric oxide in these patients with good results. So, so I know this podcast is a bit heavy on the biochem, but it's really important for listeners to understand that, you know, if there's any questions you have about this, you know, just send us kind of a chat our way, you know, after this podcast, we'll be happy to talk about it more. What is the interaction between ACE2 and nitric oxide, right? In other words, if the ACE2 gets hijacked by SARS-CoV-2, then wouldn't that also right. decrease the NO uh, biosynth biosynthesis, the, the generation? It's a bad vicious cycle. It's a bad vicious yes. cycle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, because the RAS, the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, okay, this gets upregulated, and that's where the ACE2 comes in, okay? So that gets upregulated in nitric oxide deficiency, so you've got better, you've got an increased viral entry into the cells when that is upregulated. But nitrite and nitric oxide actually downregulate your RAS cycle, downregulate that, that ACE, bringing the virus into the cell. And nitric oxide itself is antimicrobial, it's antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, antipathogens. Are people, so it's kind of like our yeah, first are, I mean, are, are, 
is I don't think this is really widely known in conventional medicine, if at all. I know we're talking no. about you know respiratory failure, blood clots, heart attacks, strokes. Um, you know these are all no mediated. Um, how how exactly. do we translate this to more of the general public in terms of that that awareness? I guess. Well, I've been trying to do this ever since this fall first started. I've been um, talking, doing seminars, webinars, trying to educate people. And and just on, just, on sorry, just just to just to kind of hammer home those points, the the major risk factors for co for mo morbidity and mortality from from um, COVID nineteen, you know. It is going to be like you said, age, diabetes, obesity, or metabolic syndrome, vitamin D deficiency. These are all associated with low NO, correct? I think even vitamin D, I believe. Yeah. Is that right for vitamin D? Uh, so, so definitely uh, there's a role for both. You know, it sounds like NO uh, in the setting of prevention, but also if someone got covid and their ace2 was hijacked because ace2 is keeping that vessel open you know trying right. to downregulate, like you said the angiotensin converting enzyme itself or the ras system you'd want to get that no open um i also was reading uh through an italian paper that the uh, ascorbic acid i.e vitamin c also helps to reverse that oxidation of iron is that correct well vitamin c is actually the only molecule that can take bh3 back to bh4 ah there you go so when, when bh4 is used in the middle of that nos dimer it 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 donates the electron and it goes down to bh3 and if there isn't enough vitamin c there it's oxidized further to bh2 bh2 uncouples that nos but bh bh3 the only molecule that can take that back to bh4 is vitamin c and of course so we know that we're one of the mammals that cannot synthesize ascorbic acid exactly. on our own we need 10 times more ascorbic acid in the setting of a viral infection for our exactly. immune system so that that's really huge uh, we are using um, iv vitamin c uh, and, and other things for for people with long covid but if you could just comment on what your experience has been with nitric oxide and long COVID or, you know, how it might help long COVID and what you think is going on behind the pathogenesis of long COVID as well? Well, it is from impaired circulation and microcirculation. A lot of people kind of, they, they, they've got COVID brain. They can't think. They're fatigued. Things aren't being delivered correctly. So by optimizing that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway, I've actually helped people get to the other side of this long COVID. They thought, you know, that they were going to be stupid forever because the circulation wasn't working. So it sounds like the microclots and the circulation, the capillaries, the microcirculation are, are, are some of the big drivers for long COVID as well. Yes, it is. So it sounds like NO boosters, um, you know, diet, lifestyle, sleep, exercise, ascorbic acid, um, what about breath work? Are there ways using the breath to increase the NO production? It does. The breath work will increase nitric oxide production. Nasal breathing will. But you've got to have a functional NOS enzyme or you've got to have good stores of nitrate and nitrite. Hmm. So it will increase nitric oxide, but if you want to do it optimally, mm -hmm. 
make sure that you've got enough stores of that nitrate and nitrite. Just a PSA, a public service announcement for everyone that's mouth breathing. Maybe they have sinus issues, chronic sinus issues. Maybe they have nasal septic deviation or obstructive sleep apnea, and they're not breathing that well. Obstructive, it's huge. Yeah, obstructive sleep apnea is a nitric oxide deficient state. You've got increased diabetes with that. You've got increased cardiovascular disease. This is a deficient nitric oxide state. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't really touched on anything it doesn't impact. Let, let's talk about one of the big lifestyle factors now that we're talking about uh, sleep. Uh, how does nitric oxide impact sleep? You know, we know that a lot of people now have trouble uh, falling asleep, trouble staying asleep. There's different hormones involved like melatonin and cortisol and adrenaline and all that. Um, how does nitric oxide impact sleep, though, uh, both the quality and then the ability to stay asleep, but also the quantity of sleep as well? Nit REM sleep is nitric oxide mediated. So the function of our sleep decreases as our nitric oxide level decreases. So cortisol, the stress hormone, this hormone that increases with age as opposed to the other hormones. Cortisol uncouples that NOS enzyme, decreasing nitric oxide production, increasing superoxide production. So melatonin and nitric oxide work together. Melatonin is one of the key antioxidant molecules. In a lot of ways, I actually think it's even more important than glutathione. Yeah, it's one of the one of the hormones that's been conserved over billions of years. I think I was reading that it was even found in the algae ponds, like all the single cell organisms. They have melatonin, so like that's one of the key ones. It is. It is. Yeah. So, so in fact, what I use in the viral patients, post-viral, post-jab patients is a combination of the melatonin, vitamin C, and the Berkeley Life, the nitrate Nitric product. Oxide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this has been real successful in helping people get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more, I think, pretty deep biochem question. But as you said, the nitric oxide pathway helps generate... Uh, BH4, uh, I, I believe, which helps to keep right. the keep the NO as a dimer. Um, if someone has uh, you know impaired methylation, which would obviously impact the BH4 pathway, how does methylation play? You know, what is the I guess what is the interaction between nitric oxide and, and methylation? That's huge because actually forty percent of us have some kind of MTHFR SNP. Forty percent of us. If you have an MTHFR SNP, you are by definition nitric oxide deficient. 40%, that's why I call it a variation, not a mutation, because four out of 10 people, right, in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So that's 40% of us just right off the bat were nitric oxide deficient. So, uh, so I think in terms of you know, increasing the, the, uh, the nitric oxide, it sounds like um, increasing methylation or increasing methylation capacity in some way would also help NO. Is that is that accurate in that way? It will help you make your BH4. Right, which yes. would which would help. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's funny how all the pathways are, are at the end of the day connected. connected. I must I must feel like it's a maze, you know, with different like 
points but then you end up in like the same place but you have it's to look like, at yeah. but you have to go through the whole maze like all, all the different corridors not just like one corridor like in, in most mazes so i think that's really interesting um how, how the body is connected how the, the mind and spirit are connected really too yeah yeah but see that's why this nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway is so essential is because it's not the snip dependent it's not like it's not ph dependent that nos enzyme is ph dependent and it's oxygen dependent so in hypoxic states, which we get with this virus, it's going to uncouple that NOS even more. So, so we can nitrate, override that with this other with, pathway. With supporting the, the nitrates. The right. nitrates. Um, so yeah. Beth, you're a wealth of uh, biochem, functional uh, nutrition and, and medicine info, and um, we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, we wanted to ask you one question about your morning routine, if, if you don't mind. This is more of a light question. We always ask our guests this. Morning routines are really critical for health. There might even be some uh, morning, morning routines that you do to support your own nitric oxide pathways. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us. All right. I, I like to do my... I live in Austin. I live really close to the hike and bike trail. Okay. And that's this 10 mile um, path around the lake downtown. And so I like my morning walks. Yeah. There's turtles and egrets and herons and fish that I get to like interact with. There's this group of, of geese. Beautiful. And one of them likes me. I can pet it. I mean, I like my, my morning walks. The geese lets so you pet the pet them. That's that's pretty that's pretty amazing right there. High level of is. trust. Yeah, that's people awesome. people see me like after I pet those <laughs> geese, and they'll come up to me on the trail and say, "How did you do that?" Because he, I've never seen anybody else like get close to this this animal. Yeah, and I wonder if they can smell like they know your your scent or energetics or something. They're they're kind of aware. Hey, you're another creature of nature so, as so, well somehow george knows me yeah. <laughs> george. george nice and beth how can listeners learn more about you and work with you i'm on linkedin as beth shirley where i post a lot i take a lot of the the current studies and i'll make the nitric oxide con connection and in fact lately there have been a lot of studies making the nitric oxide connection with the viral with the long haul. Mm -hmm. So I post on that. I'm on Facebook. There is a forum called the Berkeley Life Professional Forum. Okay. Where it's all talk about nitric oxide and nitrate all the time. Is that for professionals or for the public or both? That's for professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's but there is a Berkeley Life. Um, Facebook page. Okay, so that's a good place to I go. I post for, you know, on your forum fairly. You do, you do. In the CH community, we appreciate those posts. <laughs> I mean, you're connecting a lot of the dots that I think are missing there, so I really appreciated that. And, and you know, uh, this is a great educational, you know, podcast today. Really, the, the biochem is really fascinating. At the end of the day, we all need to get our nitric oxide levels higher to really support all of our systems, and you can kind of see that through this talk today so thank you so much beth for being on today hope you already have had your uh, walk around the lake and enjoy the rest no, of the day i'm going right you're now. going right now all right yeah. well enjoy that hope that george is doing well today as well yeah thank you so much for having me thank you for taking the time to listen to us today 
If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us. 